Yowie wowie. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of Wrestle Life Radio. It is July 17th, 2019. I'm here with my friends Chris Cumbie and Kyle Pauly. Chris comes before Kyle because my favorite Avenger happens to be played by Chris Pratt. You know, Star-Lord. Star-Lord, man. Legendary Outlaw? No? All right. Uh, but today in wrestling history for July 17th, Chris, take it away. Well, before I do today in wrestling history, I just wanted to, one, apologize for Kyle's use of foul language in our last episode. We tried to edit out as much as we could for the kids, um, so we just want to apologize publicly for that. Won't someone think of the children? Hmm. Cue, cue the sobbing children. <laughs> um, all right, so this day in wrestling history, shout out to my buddy Scott for making fun of how I say that. Um, there's actually two big things that happened on July 17th, 25 years ago today, WCW presented their first ever bash at the beach, which was a huge thing. And it was the first ever televised match between Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. Wow. That's a big deal. Yeah. In which Hulk Hogan won the uh, heavyweight championship from rick flair because why not hulk hogan always wins that's kind of how it worked back then right yeah yeah so that was uh that's a pretty big deal and then eight years ago um today wwe presented money in the bank from uh rosemont i saw that yeah my favorite pay-per-view of all time i just want to get that out there so and this was um the big match between john cena and cm punk when cm punk uh, was not supposed to win because his contract was ending. But he ended up winning the match. And as he's leaving, blows a kiss to Vincent Kennedy McMahon and runs out of the arena. And this match won for the best match um, in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter and was their first five-star match in like over 20 years. It was an incredible match, and like I, spe- I remember watching this. Like I've seen so much wrestling, I don't really remember watching certain matches or certain pay per views. But that memory actually came up on my Facebook feed today, and uh, I, I legitimately think it might be my favorite pay per view of all time. The whole thing was good. I think Dan O'Brien actually won the Money in the Bank that year. He did. He did. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, CM Punk winning and blowing that kiss to Vince McMahon. It's just a, a spot that I'll never forget. I will remember that for the rest of my life. I'll so never forget the not only the CM Punk huge pop that he got when he came out, but the even larger sea of booze that Cena got whenever his uh, his music hit. And Alberto Del Rio, remember? He had the money in the bank. And uh, uh, was the money in the bank? Other yeah. way, he came out. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah because yeah. remember, that was back when they had two of them. Okay, that's right. And he came out, Vince like, get Alberto out here. And so he came out, and then they had that match, and CM Punk beat him in a few minutes. And this was CM Punk's hometown of Chicago. Like, it was just, a, it, it was an insane environment. It was, lit, everything fell, fell exactly perfectly, exactly the way that it needed to. And I'll never you, forget it. If you remember, that was a really good wrestling match, and not a lot it of was. people, not a lot of people expected that from John Cena. But I mean, he, I think that was the first time he did a hurricanrana and I was like, holy crap, he can do that. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think John Cena it can actually be a good worker and was a good worker. I just don't think he had the opportunity because he was put in this little box and he was like, here, do these five moves of doom. Like, I'm not saying he's, you know, AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan or CM Punk, but I think that he's a, a lot better than people give him credit for. Him. Yeah. So that that's, uh, those are the two major events, which were pretty major. Those are two, that's two really big deals. Well, July 17th, the day for wrestling. All right, guys, we're going to move into WWE Raw. Uh, this week we had a, a pretty eventful show, uh, and it opened up exactly how we all knew it would, with Brock Lesnar coming out mm. and doing his weird Brock party gimmick, putting his ear up to the Universal Championship belt. It was a little strange, but whatever. I mean, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's not as cool when, he's got a, when he doesn't have a boombox. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's I don't know. Uh, but they announced that the Paul Heyman said that there will be a cross-branded top 10 all-star battle royale to determine Lesnar's SummerSlam opponent. opponent excuse me. Uh, and those 10 guys were Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, Big E, Cesaro, Braun Strowman, Rey Mysterio, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, Bobby Lashley, and Roman Reigns. I think, didn't we all pick Seth Rollins to win that? Yeah, we all did. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think I said I wanted Braun to win. Yeah. Just to have something different, but yeah. Well, they, and I think it's because they didn't want to do the, well, they can't go back on the uh, automatic rematch thing, which they just undid. Right. And, uh, they're like, well, but we want to do it. So, yeah, we'll exactly. Right. Well, then they, about Royal. they can always, always find a way. Uh, so, like, after Heyman cut his promo, he and Lesnar were walking out. Ricochet's music hits, and it, this is always weird to me, but I, I guess it was fine. Ricochet ran to the ring, and Brock Lesnar was like still walking up the ramp, and like he stopped and watched him watched him run by. I, that that's been happening a lot these last couple months. Uh, a few months ago, like they were doing it a whole lot, and they they've, they still do it. And I, I don't know. It, it's really strange to me. Does it bother you guys at all that that they're ending a segment and starting a new one at the same time? It's a no. little awkward. I mean, they're they're trying to save on time because they're trying to get as much as into the three hours as possible. Yeah. Yeah, so then we had Ricochet and the Usos versus Bobby Roode and the Revival. Um, and Kyle, I'm going to let you review this match, but I do want to say that Ricochet got, he pinned Scott Dawson in like, what, 30 seconds so we could go to commercial break? Yep. Yeah. Wanted to throw that out there. Just, just. The two out of three false thing is still going on. Uh, okay, Kyle, go ahead and tell me tell me what you thought and what uh, what might need to change. Uh, I mean, this doing the quick fall before the commercial break is that's the thing that needs to change because yeah, it's just too repetitive. And I mean, they do it every week now, uh, multiple times, usually on Monday nights. And it's, I mean, you can't make every match two out of three falls every week, like right. It's just annoying. That's, I mean, that's what stuck out to me in, in this match was just, yeah, I, I can't stand it. I just don't understand why they can't have someone coming out. I mean, I think they used to do it. They would send somebody out and they would just, you know, kill the lights or something during the commercial break and just kind of let them hang out. I don't see why they can't still do that or just have what they used to do back in the day, just have Ricochet walking backstage and like, he's coming up next. Yeah, send it a commercial. Like I just don't understand why they have to get everybody in the ring, thirty seconds, hit a move, and then go to commercial. 
Right. Uh, yeah. It's it's just dumb. Just don't start the match. I mean, it because they end up waiting between falls anyway. So yeah, I know it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's strange, but yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I'm I'm glad uh, they're keeping the the club and AJ uh, Ricochet feud going. Um, yeah, talk about that because is Ricochet uh, his team won, right? And then AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson came out. Yeah, um, put the beat down on him. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm still looking to see where it goes. Um, yeah, I, I I hope they don't just continue to beat the crap out of Ricochet and don't let him, you know, get get over on him. But uh, we'll wait and see what happens. I'm still kind of waiting to see what they do with it. Yeah, they're, they're probably trying to build Ricochet up, yeah. uh, and I, I think they will. We'll see. Um, I'm not gonna lie. This next match with the Viking Raiders versus two guys I've never heard of. Um, I actually skipped forward one minute from the time the bell rang because I refuse to watch these jobber matches because I absolutely hate them and it was over. So they, I'm sure did a couple moves. I'm sure that they looked cool, but I'm sick of seeing the Viking Raiders versus jobbers either give them something to do or take them off TV. It's as simple as that. Uh, Cedric Alexander versus Drew McIntyre was next and boy, howdy, do we have some stuff to talk about here? Chris, why don't you take this? So I don't like this at all. Uh, I, I, it kind of goes back to what you're just talking about with the Viking Raiders doing, you know, beating up jobbers. Um, why in the world would you have Cedric Alexander beat Drew McIntyre? Like, uh, you know, I understand they're trying to, you know, oh, he came out prideful and, you know, so, you know, he had to show him, but it's, it's dumb because were you not building up Drew McIntyre to be a right. champion? Like, like, were you not trying to make him relevant because you just made him pretty irrelevant, pretty freaking fast. Yeah. I think they just wanted to make me look stupid because if you remember, we were talking about him being paired with Shane and would it hurt him? And I was like, no guys, he's <laughs> paired with Shane. So it means they like him. Like that's that shows his status with the company that they, they put him with Shane, and then uh, they did this, and I was like, "Oh, is someone listening to yeah. our podcast?" <laughs> well, I told my wife when this happened. The match started, and I said, "I love Cedric Alexander. I just hope he gets some offense in because there's no chance he has of winning." And then, of course, he got the roll up win, which is again the deadliest move in all of WWE. The the roll up. <laughs> you know, I. I he should not have won this match. It makes Drew McIntyre look dumb. But I'm not going to lie. I did get a little tinge of excitement when he won. Because I like Cedric Alexander, and I hope they push him. Uh, I think all this is going to lead to is him getting destroyed next week, right? Well, I like him too, but why not have a... If you wanted to push Cedric Alexander also... Why not have them let them do a good match and then Drew McIntyre, you know, somehow right. win, right? right? Like it reminds me so much of what we talked about last week about uh, Hangman Page's match yeah. and how he's being pushed to be the main dude, but he went down to the last wire with yep. that kid. Why not do that here? Why not build them up at the same yeah. time? Because I think that what, what WWE doesn't realize is you can be elevated by losing. And that's exactly what happened to Kip Sabian on Saturday. 
but right, it, exactly. It, it, it makes Cedric Alexander look good, but it makes Drew McIntyre look really stupid. That exactly. was that was what bothered me about it. I think they should have had like a proper tag match or something. Maybe have Roman involved and just have yeah. Cedric out there without a mask this time and just be himself, and then he can not necessarily beat Drew, but he could be competitive and you know show he's got something and. You know, then Drew could beat him or something, that and then, uh, right. yeah, like you said, he can be elevated without having to win, and Drew losing less weight is just silly, right? Uh, now, an amazing match. Who, as we mentioned, Finn Balor versus Shinsuke. Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe. If they were at Fight for the Fallen, would have put on a five star classic. Instead, they were given what four, four minutes, maybe. I mean, it was. 90 yeah, it seconds. Was, 90 it was seconds. really fast. It was a really short match. Um, the rumor is Finn Balor is requesting time off, which is why they took the title off of him, which is why he jobbed to Samoa Joe. But that won't be until after SummerSlam. Because after he lost, he did get some of his heat back from Samoa Joe and you know beat him up a little bit. And then his music like starts to fade out but it doesn't like a, it's not like a normal fade out like it, it's like a like i don't know how to explain a it. glitch yeah yeah, yeah it's almost yeah. like it glitches and then some of the lights turn off and then more of the lights and like the, the lights on the ring post and then it goes pitch black and it went a little long but it was black for 10 15 seconds and you heard like fighting in the ring and then right. as the lights the, the lights didn't come back on there were like these like twirling spotlights right and you saw he was uh, uh, Bray Wyatt in the Fiend mask was holding Finn Balor and the sister Abigail, and like this high pitched screeching was com- was playing over the loudspeakers, and then uh, Bray Wyatt connects to sister Abigail. He stands up, more screeching. It goes to black, and then you hear Bray Wyatt laugh over the loudspeaker, and then it goes to commercial. Someone hit the Bray Wyatt laugh track button. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty sure it repeated, but yep. Yep. How do we how do we get that track? <laughs> yeah, I know. We need to work yeah. on that. We need to see how we need to see how that works. That sound bite. But what what did you Chris, what did you think of this? Uh well, I'm gonna be honest. When we were recording on Monday, uh-huh. Um, I had this up on my I had Raw playing on my phone. Okay. And when this came up, I got so excited that you had you had asked us a question and I said, Go ahead, Kyle. Because I, I was because I, <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy watching and getting engrossed in what was going on. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I am so excited about this Bray Wyatt character. Yeah. Um, it's just it's I, he's different, you know, yeah. and he's it's just he's scary, and um, I thought it was cool. And when you were talking about the lights, like all I could see was like little kids with flashlights, like flashing them at him over and over again. Yep. That's what it looked like. Um, but I think it's, uh, I thought it was really cool. Um, you know, it, I, I heard the same thing about Finn Balor needing time off. I think it's like two months or something. Yeah. Um, so this, you know, if, if he, if he fights him at SummerSlam and he like kills him, then I could give him a couple months off or whatever, yeah. but come back, maybe join the club. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was, it was really cool. I was a huge fan of it. Well, I'm I'm excited to see what they do with Bray Wyatt, um, but it's it's all going to tell like does he work different in the ring? Like, it, so what actually happens in the ring? I think will tell a big part of how this is going to go. But he's definitely back to being over. 
Uh, everybody's going crazy. Um, my girlfriend was actually watching it with me. And as soon as they showed that mask, she was like, well, that's scary. <laughs> and she doesn't watch wrestling or anything. And um, so it, it definitely hit her as just a casual, you know, watcher. Um, but as much as I love this segment and uh, Chris, you'd kind of told us about, you know, uh, Bray Wyatt coming back and attacking Finn Balor. And so I was excited to see the clip after we had uh, finished recording and I went and watched it. Uh, I still enjoyed it, but I just hated what they did with Joe and Balor. I mean, I'm yeah, not asking for a 10 minute match, but first of all, Smojo just rolls him up or it wasn't a roll up. They beat him with. I can't remember. I exactly. don't even remember. It I was, was short fuming. My eyes were getting bloodshots. I, I don't remember correctly, but <laughs> um, he it was a quick win for Smojo. And he gets up like right after he beats him and goes to beat him up again. Yeah. Then Balor gets out of it, which is great to have a fighting baby face, you know, not just get destroyed again, but he fights him off. And then he just like celebrates like, and his music plays. And you would have thought Finn had just won the match by the way he's celebrating. He's like, yeah, this is awesome. And it's like, dude, you just got beat in like 90 seconds by somebody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So the way they got to this, made no sense it was looked horrible but i guess people probably just forget about it because they're only gonna remember the bray wyatt part so i'm not gonna lie to you chris told me about bray wyatt which i'm still a little salty about so like i was uh, i i was when finn balor got pinned i was like well that's weird but i didn't care because it got bray wyatt to me sooner so if i didn't know about bray wyatt i probably would have been mad but i'm like okay that's that's silly um, now, I don't want to say it was a squash match, but Cedric Alexander Drew McIntyre was really short, right? So we had the Viking Ranger, Raiders in a 60-second match. We had Cedric Alexander and Drew McIntyre in a short match. We had Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe in a short match. And the next match was Zack Ryder versus Mike Kanellis, which I'm not exaggerating, and I, I sometimes I exaggerate for effect. I honestly think this match lasted seven seconds, right? Zack Ryder did the Rough Rider, pinned Mike Kanellis, and it was over. Now, he had a little bit of interaction with Maria before that. Kyle, you want to tell us about that? <laughs> uh, I just don't get what their – I don't understand what their goal is with this. Uh, why is Mike even still with Maria? Like, didn't he? Didn't she straight up say, like, last week, you know, you might not even be the father's baby, and he's just like, oh, what? Oh, huh? well, I think – okay. I think what she's insinuating is he's not man enough to get her pregnant. I don't think she's insinuating that he's not the father. She's a man she said it last week, I believe, that she said, I'm not even sure you're the father of this baby or something like that. Yeah, you know, like, yeah she said it, but the, the way I took it was she's trying to emasculate him because they're doing this weird, like, like almost like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to say it cleanly, so I'm not, I'm not going to touch that. Yeah, it's... It's just strange. Just, and then, just bleep it out. <laughs> just drip me out. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, well, first Maria was, she was supposed to be in the match, right? And uh, she was like, she tried to go in, the referee wouldn't let her. Yeah. And then Mike said, said he would do it. man enough to do this. Even though I'm pregnant, I have a better chance of winning like, this match. Who even let her get that far? It's uh, like, wait a minute, uh, you're – you're even more pregnant than you were two weeks ago, yeah. you know, by just uh, time, you know, being a factor. So like, there's nobody, there's like, yeah, just let her go out there and we'll see what happens. <laughs> exactly. I can just imagine Zach Ryder being like, nope. 
Nope. This yeah, everybody everybody in uh, Gorilla just watching her walk by. Just, hey, Maria. <laughs> yeah. It so was, uh, it it's weird. just, I don't, I don't understand what they're doing. Like, I just don't see a way to salvage him. I, I could, a lot of people like wrote it off the first, I mean, when he tapped out to Becky, but it's like, well, maybe if he comes back the week after and he just gets buried by his wife and he leaves her and comes back like, you know, crazy man or something, maybe, but you know, just doing this for a month now, almost I, what is the progress going to be made? I just, it's dumb. It yes. Is very dumb. dumb. It's kind and of we've dumb. spent way more time on this than the actual match was. So yeah, yeah. Let's, <laughs> move, let's move on. Uh, the yes. Lucha house party fought the club, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Um, this match was pretty cool. They had a spot here where, um, that, that really bugged me though. Ricochet comes out, and attacks AJ Styles. All's fair, right? Because the club attacked Ricochet earlier in the night. But what should have happened was the referee should have called for the bell and disqualified the Lucha House Party because someone on AJ Styles' team got attacked. That's how WWE has been working for decades. But no, what we do instead is we reset the match and go to a commercial break. <laughs> I mean, oh my god, it, it drove me absolutely nuts. Otherwise, the match was pretty good. The Lucha House Party had just a just enough offense to make them not look stupid. But AJ Styles and and the and uh, the Good Brothers still got it. You know, they clearly dominated the match, but it wasn't like they were dominating three jobbers, right? So I, right. I, I thought, and you guys can add to this if you want to. We don't need to spend a ton of time on it, but I thought the match was was just fine. I, I did. See that, and that—that's exactly what should have happened. What you were talking about earlier with the Viking Raiders, yep. like let them fight a real tag team, let them have a decent match, and then let them go over. Like I thought this—I thought this was in order for them to push the club. I thought that this was a good way to do it. I agree, but I completely yeah. agree with you. Like <laughs> they just made up the whole "let's restart" thing for mm-hmm. their commercial break. They issue. sure did. But it goes back to the whole. Willing suspension of disbelief, right, Matt? Yeah, but this is different. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I dug myself into a hole with that one. Um, but we can go back on the Viking Raiders just real quick, and then we'll move on. But I, I told my wife the first time this happened. I said, "Don't we have enough tag teams on the roster that aren't even on television? They can go in. Like, what about the Ascension? Right? Couldn't the Ascension wrestle the Viking Raiders for ninety seconds and get squashed? Or the B? Or the B team? Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah." It makes no sense. So anyway, moving on. Um, now this, I, I do want to spend a little time on this, okay? So we had a fatal four-way match for Becky Lynch's, uh, num- for the number one contendership for Becky Lynch's title. Uh, this is what all those short matches were building up to. Exactly. So <laughs> we need time here, people. <laughs> this was Naomi versus Natalia versus Carmella versus Alexa Bliss. Oh, that's Naomi? I thought that was Sunny Kiss. My bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You better watch watch it. People are going to take it the wrong way. Just to clarify, everyone, we were talking on the last episode, if you missed it, about how Sunny Kiss uses a lot of Naomi's moves. So there was no, like, weird... Never mind. We're, we're just going to drop it right here. So the, the match started. And so sensitive. I, I think, and I don't know this, but I think that they didn't restart this match. I think that it continued on through the commercials. They went through th- two commercial breaks. And I do know yeah. during one of the commercial breaks, like uh, after Carmella was eliminated, 
Natalia, Alexa Bliss, and Naomi were like all in the ring staring at each other. So I I don't know if if they reset or not. But if they did, they didn't mention it, and the bell didn't ring, so that's good. But what I really want to talk about is there were a lot of really I don't want to say disrespectful because I think that the the crowd had a right to chant what they wanted since it wasn't dirty. But they were chanted chanting boring. They were chanting this is awful. They were chanting Sasha Banks. Uh, and I, I might have misheard, but I'd swear I heard a John Cena chant in there too. Oh, yeah. They were doing Let's Go Cena. Cena sucks. Okay. Uh, there were some CM, CM Punk chants. Yeah. Uh, pretty much they – the crowd em- emptied their uh, repertoire of chants during this match just because they were bored out of their mind. Yeah. Now, some of the girls came out on on Twitter, and I don't want to say necessarily bash the fans, but like Alexa Bliss said it was disrespectful. Someone else said why, you know, everyone wants the girls to always get a chance, and then they do this. But the match wasn't bad, okay? But let's be clear, the match wasn't good. Christian it looked, shouldn't have gone 24 minutes. No, yeah, it was, the problem. it was way too long. You, you want to talk a little bit about it, Chris? You know, if you're going to do a fatal four-way, it's going to take time. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with the women taking that much time. It's just, uh, I feel like, I feel like they get handcuffed. Yeah. Um, because they won't let them do what they're like. Naomi is way better than that. Yeah. Um, she can do some crazy moves. She's very athletic, and I don't think they let her be athletic. No. Um, uh, you know, you kind of felt like at the end they were going to let Alexa win just to have that yeah. again. I was surprised that she um, didn't, to be honest. I am super surprised that Natalia won. Uh, I, but in, to, 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 to comment about the crowd, it's I agree. I think it's disrespectful. Um yeah, the, the crowd is allowed to do whatever they want. They paid money to go and all this stuff. But, you know, they, they're they not out there just, you know, rolling around like a Divas match in a bra and Yeah, they're working I mean, very hard. They were doing the best they could with the time they were given. And to sit there and chant, this is awful, it's like, okay, well then, fat boy, you get up there and do it. Yeah. You know, I, people, people are, you know, they're so rude and just – jerks nowadays because they can hide behind their computers they can sit in a crowd and tell people how to do their job but you know they don't show up to their job and tell them how to do it you know what i'm saying it's just i I thought i thought it was rude yeah what did you think kyle i mean fans are going to be fans and there's always going to be those those kind of people um but i felt like if, if it was like a couple people that were just being disrespectful um, you know, the other fans would have like not, but everybody was just bored out of their mind. Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't even think it's the girl's fault. I, I no, think I it's either. whoever's idea this was of like, let's do a 24 minute. I mean, they could have done a fatal four way in less time. And even like, I think uh, Nikki Cross grabbed a mic and was yelling at people at yeah. one point in the match. Like it, it just wasn't a free flowing match that like, and, and I don't know if it's – I know a lot of the time uh, if, if the women have a big match – because this is something that's – it seemed like was just kind of thrown onto them. And, you know, how WWE works, I'm sure they probably didn't know they were going to have a 24-minute match, you know, coming into Monday. And they just kind of found out. But I know a lot of the times when they have a big match, like uh, if they have a money in the bank or something like that, they'll let the women go down to NXT and practice, you know, this kind of stuff. Um, and maybe that's 
you know, detrimental because, you know, when something like this happens, they're not ready for it. Um, and it, like, like you said, it wasn't a bad match, you know, like, but it just wasn't the right mix and the fans just turned on it. So yeah, I, think- I can't really blame them for being, you know, bored and they, they probably did it, you know, went about it the wrong way. Cause that's what they're used to doing. They, they get bored and they just start chanting stuff. And, uh, I mean, they did it to Seth Rollins, um, a few months ago. Right. So, I yeah. mean, it's not, it can happen to anybody. It's just the women just have, happen to be the victims this time. And I, I, I am the first person to say I hate it when they do fatal four way, when they do any elimination matches or two out of three falls matches, and then they they get you know the first couple out of the way really soon. I think that the first elimination or the first fall should happen about the same amount of time that the end of a regular match would be. Uh, Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole is a perfect two out of three falls match. And it's one of the best matches I've ever seen. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, go watch it now. Uh, pause this, go watch it, then come back and finish listening to what we're saying. Thank but, you uh, for saying that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just come back, please come back. But, but, but all kidding aside, like I, I don't want to say it was disrespectful. Just the sheer fact that this is WWE's fault. The match was six or seven minutes too long. It, it wasn't creative enough. There wasn't a lot of high spots. There were a lot of rest holds. It, it just wasn't good, guys. It wasn't good, and you shouldn't put that kind of stuff on a 24-minute timer. Can't do it. I mean, and I don't think that they were trying to be – they were just bored, so they just started the chant thing. That's the, you know, Like I said, cycling through the chants of CM Punk, you know, John Cena. This is this is awful. It's probably a little bit too much, but – Yeah. Um, I mean, they weren't chanting like bra and panties or, you know, like something like – completely disrespectful yeah they were just bored and they <clears throat> just happened to take it out and like i said they did it to seth rollins you know a couple weeks ago yeah or like a month or so ago so i mean i think they just were the victims here and this match should have been if they're going to do a 20 minute match it should have been the main event and build up right. to it so like right i think another problem was i don't think anybody was expecting this match to go like 20 minutes long yeah, exactly. so they kind of just kept slowly going and the fans weren't really anticipating it was going to be a long match and they just started turning on it. Yeah, you're right. A way to fix this instead of doing a fatal four way, why not do a triple threat? You know, then you only have three. And so you can actually do maybe like a 15 minute match, I think probably with, with yeah. Plus Alexa bliss was outside of the ring almost the whole time. I mean, if you just did a a three way, (laughs) don't say three way, a triple threat. Um, (laughs) You might want to edit that out. Uh, if you did a triple threat, uh, I think I think it probably would have gone over better. Yeah. Yeah, I think probably yeah. so too. Uh, after that, we had Ms. TV with special guest Dolph Ziggler who requested time on Ms. TV to talk to the Miz. So Dolph comes out and he like starts asking Miz like why he became this yes man type character and he was kissing all this butt so he could, you know, shill his t-shirts. And the Miz was like, what, man, are you trying to get a rise out of me? And Dolph was like, no, I just remember when you used to be awesome. And then he said, what, he, he only cared about fame and fortune like his wife or something yeah. like that, which doesn't seem like that bad of an insult to me. But apparently just mentioning someone's wife will incite someone. And the Miz just beats us not out of Dolph Ziggler, Dolph rolled out of the ring, like eh, it was kind of weird because Dolph was like not being an actual like terrible mean heel. He was like, Hey man, I'm going through stuff too. And I thought, Oh, is, is Miz going to turn heel and they're going to start a tag team, but I guess they're actually going to start a feud. So 
I don't know. I can't I can't wait for uh, Dolph Ziggler in the Miz. <laughs> is that all you have to say? <laughs> it's like man, that was is, yeah. dripping with sarcasm uh, mm-hmm. for those who for those who aren't familiar <laughs> um, with that. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So I wish you guys could see because I have a, a raw results come up, uh, a, a raw results screen up uh, on my computer, so I can remember everything that happened one by one. And the picture that I'm staring at now is of Drake Maverick in his tidy whities with a 24/7 title uh, draped around his waist, so you can't even see his underwear. And he's got on the goofiest smile I have ever seen in my life. And I think it's actually very similar to one that Kyle had sent me. Uh, yeah. I don't know why he sent me that. Maybe he thought I would enjoy. Because he uh, was trying, he was trying uh, to ruin it for you. That's probably. Are you talking about the, the naked smile picture that yes. I sent you? Yes. It's uh, anyway. <laughs> so Drake Maverick is here at this really nice hotel. They showed him a little earlier, and Arthur was like hiding, um, and he is consummating his marriage with his Violet. wife. Okay. Yeah, they've been married like a month or so now. So his wife is like in this robe. And like he's basically naked, and he's making these very inappropriate PG thirteen jokes. Uh, and his wife says, "Oh, I got wine." When someone knocked at the door, so this guy pushes in this cart, and after a few minutes, Drake is like, "Wait, I know you." And the guy delivering the wine, you know, like rips off his shirt, and he's a referee. And our truth comes out of the cart and starts attacking Drake Maverick. And uh, he tried to pin him, failed, and then he pinned him a second time and got it. And then he looks at at Drake Maverick's wife and says, I hope you guys aren't still constipated. (laughs) And then then he runs out of the then he runs out of the room. (laughs) And then I I can't remember if Drake followed him. Like I think he did. Like he he did because he's in his underwear. He leaves his wife. Uh, It was it was weird, but it was so so good. What do you think, Kyle? Uh, it's interesting seeing uh, Drake. Uh, the, the term is fluffing himself uh, <laughs> on live TV. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, so they were. Uh, yeah, he is a crazy man because um, he has a very beautiful wife, and the fact that they haven't a gone on like a real honeymoon. Or B consummated the marriage is baffling to me, but well, that's the thing. Like he's obsessed with his twenty four seven title. Someone needs to slap him up across the head against with that belt because, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just well, he, he's they, missing out. If they it never was... consummate, then she can get it annulled. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Which is a very weird law, but whatever. Um, so then we're gonna we're just gonna move on from this, and we're gonna go to the battle royal to determine the number one contender to Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Now, I'm going to tell you that the last four were Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, and Randy Orton. And at this point, I thought, man, you know, really any of these guys could win, and it wouldn't be like this super big surprise. Like, what they usually do with these Battle Royal matches is they have, like, a good guy and a couple hills that, like, like if it would have been Seth Rollins and... Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin, we would have known Seth Rollins is going to win, right? And we all thought Seth Rollins was going to win, but it wouldn't have been this big surprising moment if Roman Reigns actually won the Battle Royal. So I like the fact that they ended the Battle Royal with people that actually could have had a chance to win. What do you think, Chris? 
Uh, I felt like this entire thing was uh, rushed, you know. Um, it was. It was I mean, very quite fast. Frank, very quite fast. frankly, they could do without the 24-7 bit and the Miz TV bit and actually extend this match to what it should have been. Um, or just let the women have 17 minutes instead of well, 24. E- even so, uh, you know, it. I felt like this was way too rushed. Um, we we all knew who was going to win this before it even started. Mm-hmm. You know, we all said mm-hmm. who we wanted to win, but at the same time, we totally knew who was going to win. Um, I think right. that making it 10 guys um, was a little much because yeah. there was no chance for... I would say, well, the four that were in there are the four that had a chance. Put it that way. Right. So I right. think maybe. Well, in, in the 10 guys that they picked, it was just uh, some of them obviously made sense, like Braun Strowman for, you know, his big win. Seth, because he's former champion. Roman Reigns, because he won. Like Cesaro lost, uh, but though. Cesaro lost. Lashley lost. lost. Ray got then. destroyed last week. Yeah. So, and, and, and I mean, they could have they could have easily said. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, they could have easily said something like, um, you know, it, it would have made more sense, I guess, if, if they would have said, like, for Rey Mysterio's case, uh, he is a former champion and he's a legend. Right. But they didn't say that. They're just like, hey, he's in the match. <laughs> yeah. So, like, why? He just got destroyed by one guy last week. What's going to happen when he gets in there with nine other dudes? Yeah. So, But the ending of the yeah. show was kind of cool because they actually, after Seth Rollins won, like, Brock Lesnar came out. And like he looked like he was going to enter the ring, and excuse me, Seth Rollins was like preparing to fight him, right? And then it went off the air. And I thought that was kind of cool because it was different. It wasn't like you know, fight, and then Brock Lesnar standing over Seth Rollins. Like it's like, oh, what happened? Maybe they'll show it next week on Raw, and it kind of it, it gave it something to follow up on. Yeah, instead of five hundred stupid. Uh same moves over and over and over and over again. Mr. Talented Brock Lesnar. (laughs) Yeah. So this is, as far as we know, this was Paul Heyman's first full raw, right? And I'm going to say it was okay. I'm going to say this was a B minus show at best. Really? Um, I really like some of the things that he did. Like, I love Natalia, you know, challenging Becky Lynch. I did not expect her to win at all. Um, I'm glad that the Lucha House Party didn't get destroyed. Obviously, the Bray Wyatt thing was great. Um, it's just, there were so many squash matches, so many short matches. I And I'm not sure if that's Paul's fault or not. Maybe it is. I don't know. But I, I can't give it higher than a B minus. I, I don't think so. What, what do you guys yeah. think? I, I think the um, I agree with the, the B minus, and that's only because Bray Wyatt came out. With, without Bray yeah. Wyatt, this was probably a C. Um, but even even though Paul Heyman is doing stuff, Vince McMahon still has final say. So that's probably why we had right. 18 matches. So, And I don't think it's fair to say, oh, well, Paul Heyman's got to turn this thing around in one week. That's not fair. Yeah. So I think we need to give it a couple months and see where it goes. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, yeah, I give it a, I actually give it a C um, just because there were good things like uh, Bray Wyatt, obviously. And uh, it wasn't horrible. Uh, some parts were definitely entertaining, but there's still just some lingering stuff that just, 
just bothers me. So it's just average to me. Like, uh, so I, I give it a C. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes from here. You know, with Heyman, like you said, I, I want to give him time. And it, it is Vince's show still at the end of the day. So it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what, you know, he still kind of has control over. Um, but I, he's parting. Paul is a smart guy. So um, I think he'll be able to learn from what has happened this week and kind of, you know, move forward. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Cool. Well, we're going to move into 1v1. This is a game that I was actually going to try to play last time, but we ran out of time. So the way this game works is I'm going to ask a question, and then one or the other, Chris or Kyle, will answer the question, and then the other person will also answer. The catch is they can never answer the same thing. So if it's an either-or, you have to argue something that you might not believe in. So I have a quarter here. And I'm going to pick it. You don't necessarily have to call it in the air. I'm going to flip it. You don't have to call it in the air. Um, Kyle, why don't you, since you're, since you're younger than Chris, and I always say Chris's name first, why don't you say heads or tails? Uh, heads. It is heads, so you get to go first. So Sweet. we're going to get five Great. questions, and it's going to be a – it's gonna, we're going to do five questions, and uh, it'll be best of five. So whoever gets three three questions first. Uh, so, Kyle, this yes. librarian gimmick in AEW, mm-hmm. they've been running some, some segments of Peter Avalon being unhappy with it, but Leva Bates absolutely loving it. I think at first it was falling flat, but now people seem to be kind of more into it after Fight for the Fallen. Do you think they should keep this gimmick or not um i'm actually gonna say they should keep evolving it um i it's obviously different from what they originally planned because of the fan backlash yeah um but if it's starting to get a little steam they could say well let's just see where we could take this and kind of just go along for the ride i don't necessarily think you have to kill the gimmick and then avalanche comes out and he's just a dude um they could have conflict between both of them like they're having now and keep evolving it into something. Cause I mean, look new day when they came back and they were the church choir or whatever, clapping happy people, right. it got crapped on pretty quickly. And yeah, they used they just, new day sucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it, they just kept it going and just kept evolving it. And I mean, a lot of good gimmicks turn out that way. They'll, you know, They'll be not what it needs to be to start with, and they'll just fall something into it. So keep working at it. Um, obviously, what they were doing to begin with wasn't working, so move it in another direction and just keep it keep it evolving. Um, I, I, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to disagree, and this is why. Um, number one, it... it if they do keep some form of it, then they need to just have one. And I think the the girl should take the lead and let uh, Avalon, maybe they can have some kind of a feud where now he's really loud. And so every time he sees her, he just screams or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Cause she keeps shushing the crowd and the crowd really doesn't know how to handle it. Um, so, so I, I would say go ahead and, and end it on one half. So the, the male is no longer the librarian. 
However, the overall theme of it, I think, is kind of dumb. It's time to move on. Um, she has the weird color hair. Let her be like a rocker or something. Or maybe they can do it together. Like they see the error of their ways and they decide to become like hell raisers and, Heavy yes, metal and just musician. like super loud everywhere they go. I just kind of see that better. Librarian is dead. That's absolutely incredible. Winner, Chris. Question number two. <laughs> uh, for this is for Chris. Uh, and we'll, we will get into predictions when they actually release the brackets here in a couple months. But who do you think should be the first AEW Tag Team Champions? And there is a caveat. You cannot say the Young Bucks and you can't say the Lucha Brothers because those are the two obvious choices. What? Yep, can't take the obvious. So give me another team that you think should be the first AEW Tag Champs. All right, well, I'm not going to talk bad about my judge. Um <laughs> Uh, that's a smart move but you want to (laughs) you know after after uh after saturday i think jungle boy and luchasaurus uh i think they worked really well together i think it's a really cool dynamic they have with this little guy that can fly everywhere and then this big dude who just clears house you know and um, and, and he can, he can throw the little guy around to, to, to help the moves and that kind of thing. I think that would be a really cool, um, I, I just think they have a really good dynamic and I think that they could compete with, uh, with some of these other tag teams, like the aforementioned ones that we know is actually going to win. But, uh, but I would say that, that they would be a very good close runner up. So I think, um, I don't necessarily think they will win them, but I think somebody I would like to see win the belts and kind of carry them for a while are SoCal Uncensored. Uh, Just because they're an awesome team, they they already kind of have an established gimmick. And maybe Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus aren't ready necessarily for the belts. They're a great team, and I I agree, Chris. They're very entertaining, and I I love their match. very much so uh, at the pay-per-view. So I, I like them a lot as well, but are they ready for the belts? I'm not sure yet. So I think SoCal and Censor, they're veterans. They could take the belts, uh, make the tag team matches entertaining, and be there for somebody to be built up to, to take on. And plus, you know you're going to get good matches out of them. Um, you might not know if you're going to get that good match. Jungle Boys seems like he can be pretty consistent, but he's also green. Uh, and Luchasaurus is literally green, and uh, but he also is uh, is a big fella, and I'd like to see more out of him. Just you know, before I can say he's a surefire, you know, great worker. Um, so I think it's it's in more capable hands with uh, SoCal Uncensored. I would love to see SoCal Uncensored win this. And do the New Day thing where they are the fabulous Freebirds, we'll say, the Freebird rule, where any two of the three can defend the titles. Question number two goes to Kyle. Number Dude, three. He totally played to his judge because he said that that was his favorite tag team. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm smart, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it's smart. Yeah, it is. Uh, okay, Kyle. So in the WWE, there seems to be a lack of female main eventers. Which female superstar should receive a push to the main event? Do you have any of your stupid rules that you want to slap nope, on this? Anyone you want. It can't. It can't be someone that's already a main eventer. Though. I have no problem with your rules, Matt. Just saying. 
Yeah, yeah. Since you said stupid rules, winner Chris. Remote no, Go ahead. Uh, hmm. Any female can be a main eventer. I mean, I gotta go with my girl Alexa Bliss. Okay. I mean, she's been there before. Uh, but she's. I think they've done her a disservice the last. Uh, well, when she when she's been hurt and she's done the moment of bliss segments, they've kind of gotten stale and. I really think that her story with Nikki could have been really good, um, but they've just screwed it up. The, but she she's one of the best girls, if not the best girl on the mic. Uh, Becky's can be good, but she can be a little inconsistent too. Like her pro, uh, promos with Seth are kind of weird sometimes, and um, but and even though her in ring ability is not the best, I think she could work a good match when she's with somebody who can. Um, and I mean, that's what a lot of main event talent do, especially main event heels. Um, so I think she has everything that she needs if they wanted to push somebody to it. Uh, but it's just according to if they wanted to do it or not. Kyle, I really think that was kind of a lazy answer um, because, you know, <laughs> she's hot too. So because really, because if They're the WWE yet. was smart, they would just uh, re sign Awesome Kong. And let her be the the face of the women's division because we all know that she is the absolute the greatest female wrestler of all time. Wouldn't you agree, Matt? Look, listen. Just because I marked out over her at Fight for the Fallen doesn't mean you can use her against me for this. Yeah, this now pandering. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Jesus. Go ahead, though. Seriously. Well, that was my answer. I'm just kidding. Your answer's Awesome Kong? <laughs> they can't sign Awesome Kong. She's signed with AEW. You, Fine. This question Fine. was given to All you right. on a platter here. All right. All right, give me a real answer. Um, honestly, I think Asuka is the best uh, female wrestler right now. Um, she, Yes, she needs work on the mic because she can't speak English, but uh, what she does in the ring, I think, uh, outshines most of the other females. Um and I don't know why they pulled her out of the, out of what she was doing because she she was so over with the fans, and I think it's really dumb that they pulled her from that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I actually like both of those answers, although I, I, I I'm going to give the edge to Chris here because I think Alexa Bliss is kind of still in the main event already. Like she's on TV every week. She just fought for the title. Asuka is in this weird tag team that. Her and Kyrie Sane are going to win the tag titles, but, like, who cares? Does anybody care? I love Asuka, and I don't care. So, uh, yeah. but I'll, I'll give this one to Chris. Um, so, Chris, you get to go first. Yes, sir. Who has a better chance of winning the title at SummerSlam? Randy Orton over Kofi Kingston or Seth Rollins over Brock Lesnar? And I have to pick one. You have to pick one or the other. Okay. Mm. And you, I mean, even if you think neither one of them, just argue just, who you just, think has just, a stronger. Just pick one. Okay. <clears throat> uh, well, based on the WWE and what we know that they have a tendency to do, um, Brock Lesnar will keep his title um, because, you know, why not? It's Brock Lesnar. Um, I think that the between the two – uh, Kofi Kingston has more of a chance to lose it. Um, I think that 
I think that they want to keep Randy happy. Um, you know, and he, he likes to kind of come and go as he pleases, I think. And so, um, you know, I think that he kind of wants a title because if you noticed, he was in the title uh, picture on both Raw and SmackDown, and he pinned Kofi Kingston this past week. And I don't think anyone's pinned Kofi in since before he won the title. So, Samoa Joe did. <clears throat> Samoa Joe okay. did. But that was the in a tag match. But I think that was it. No, like, that was the first yeah. time Kofi's been pinned since WrestleMania. So, and it was a cl- it was clean. Like it was it was a clean pin. So. Uh, I'm yep. going to say Randy taking it from Kofi. Hmm. Well, I, I just don't think if he wasn't going to lose to Smojo, I don't think Kofi's going to lose to Randy Orton, even though the fans were, you know, really into him on, um, on raw and SmackDown, uh, hitting his RKOs. Um, I think they'll build him up against Kofi, but I just don't see him beating Kofi. So I think if there's going to be a title change, it'll be back to Seth Rollins. Because I think Heyman will realize the fans it kind of just left a bad taste in their mouth, him winning the belt. And I didn't I didn't think it was the heat that they wanted. And uh, maybe they'll do a program with him. But I think them just rushing back and putting Seth back in the title match kind of shows that, like, you know, maybe they'll, they'll think about giving it back to him. Plus, they had a really good thing going with him and Becky with the belts. Um, so I, f- I feel like they might, they might backtrack, backtrack on that a little bit and, um, maybe build something with him and Brock down the road. But, uh, I think Seth is more likely to win the title back than, um, Kofi losing it. So what they couldn't do was allow Brock Lesnar to win the money in the bank and not win the title back. What they could do yeah. is they could correct it and give the title back to Seth Rollins because I think that they want him as a champion but they had to have him lose it. Winner, Kyle. Last question. Whatever. <laughs> you know that so WWE's not going to give that up. I, I wouldn't be surprised. You just hate Brock Lesnar so much. You just have that an, those anti-Lesnar uh, glasses on. Mm. So, Kyle, with Paul yes. Heyman on Raw and Eric Bischoff soon to start SmackDown, which of these two will be more successful in their role? That's a tough question because I guess it just depends on what you I'm gonna I'm actually gonna go with Paul Heyman because I think if they're looking for ratings results. Um and I'm trying not to tread on you know Chris's you know potential answer, but I think Eric Bischoff would lend more to a corporate side and that's why they got him in that role. But if they want somebody who's gonna generate ratings and try to come up with better storylines, I think Heyman is the more uh, likely person to succeed. Um, so, like I said, we'll still have to wait and see what, you know, becomes of his stories. And uh, obviously there, he's been given a little bit of a, a lead on, a, you know, not, be, not being tied down to PG. You know, he can be PG-13. Um, so I think it'll just open up more and he'll make it his world. And, uh, Paul Heyman's had much more of a ratings and fan pleasing, um, not as well, not ratings, but fan pleasing product than Bischoff has. And Bischoff hasn't done it in a long time. Uh, Heyman's been good pretty much throughout his wrestling career. So um, I'm not having much faith in Eric Bischoff. 
Well, here's why you're wrong, Kyle. Because um, <clears throat> even though uh, even though he um, uh, Heyman's going to be running, well, not running Raw, but riding uh, Raw, um, that's still Vince's baby. Uh, Vince will still, uh, and, and we all know that he has final say on everything, but he is more protective over Raw than anything else. Um, and I think that that's going to... Um, that's going to be a conflict. Um, I think Eric Bischoff has been out of the game long enough and watching long enough to see a lot of the things that maybe when you're inside the game, you don't see uh, because you're so engrossed in it. But he's been out of it long enough now, watching it, doing podcasts and, and, and the such, that he can that he knows the, the uh, heartbeat of the fan uh, at being a fan himself that he, he knows how to make this work. I mean, he, the only other person to ever compete with Vince McMahon was Eric Bischoff. And so I think he's going to do great things for SmackDown, especially as it moves to Fox. Um, and I think we're going to see great things, and Eric Bischoff will get the better end of the deal. Man, I have to tell you, I think I'm just easily swayed by the person that talks last because they won every single round, winner Chris. Woo-hoo! Now what we're going to do... <laughs> Kyle gets to Kyle gets to uh, uh, answer a question, uh, and Kyle, I'm going to tell you the question. Then we're going to sign off before you actually do it because I've got to get my stopwatch on. Uh, but Kyle, we're going to play what I call the BTCDA or the Beat the Clock Devil Devil's Advocate Challenge. So what we're going to do is I'm going to pose a question to you. And even though you will probably strongly disagree with it, for 30 seconds, you have to give me the strongest argument on why it makes sense. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. This has been Episode 3 of Wrestle Life Radio. You can follow Chris on Twitter and Instagram at... At Chris Cumbie. You can follow Kyle Pauly on Instagram at... Kyle.Pauly. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at WrestleLifeMatt, and you can follow us on Twitter at WrestleLifePod or on Instagram at WrestleLifeRadio. Thank you so much for for listening to us today, and Kyle was going to sign us off with 30 seconds on why Shane McMahon is the greatest thing on WWE television today. And go. Shane McMahon is great because of his high-flying maneuvers. His slick punches. <laughs> Have you seen the speed that he delivers these punches with? They come at you. You don't even see them coming. He leaves people with black eyes. Shane McMahon, he just had a lot of, little bit of bad luck lately. But, I mean, you heard when he came back to the WWE how much the fans embraced him because they knew he was gone so long. They missed him. He's the best in the world, and he's back, and he's going to take back the company that was his. All right, that's 30 seconds. Thank you so much. That was incredible. We're going to make this a normal thing. (laughs) Thank you so much for hanging out with us, guys. I hope you all have a wonderful day. We'll be back tomorrow with a SmackDown review. Have a great day. Bye. See you.